Good afternoon. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. We have today Ruth Money and Simon Wilson. Now, there has been much comment this election has there not on how it's been quite toxic in some aspects and some of that being around issues of race. Well, a new study release has found an increase in anti-Māori sentiment among some New Zealanders conducted by the Disinformation Project with the main target being high-profile wahine Māori. The people who three years ago were talking about sunlight as a cure or vitamin C are now talking about co-governance and using increasingly racist, false and misleading information to do so, said Project Director Kate Hanna. Well, with us to discuss is Ngai Te Rangi CEO Paul Stanley uh, Tanako Paura. It's really wonderful to have you on, Paura. Uh, I do appreciate your time. What do you take from the study? What do you take from their findings? Oh, it's a very enlightening report, isn't it? It's, there's nothing new to us. It's just the intensity has increased and increased increased dramatically. I've, I've certainly seen that, um, particularly in, like yesterday, a guy turns up on one of our work sites where we're doing some developments down the mount, turns up in his Aston Martin, parks in the middle of our construction site and tells everybody to stop working. Uh, I mean, the, the, the level of privilege that comes up for you to be able to do that is, is absolutely extraordinary. Our response is going to be, you know, we're just going to trespass them off the site and blah, blah, blah. But to be able to go to that extent, to believe that you have the power to walk on a private property and to be able to do that is is reflective of what's been said in the report and what's happening outside. These are major issues and the signs are coming, um, they're quickly emerging. So the, the other issue, uh, Wallace and Zed, um, you know, the uh, it's... Um, there, there are a lot more things at play than, than just people painting over signs. Um, the, 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 the ability for uh, the very wealthy to get in behind backing these uh, actual processes, financially bankrolling them, uh, you know, it's well known. Um, Gallagher got caught out in Waikato, and Bob Jones is well known for his tirades, and Eric Watson. You know, they're putting a lot of money that backs this type of behaviour yeah, into yeah. it. And it should well, be pure, pure. We just want to be sort of careful on the sort of, uh, uh, you know, who we uh, who we talked about funding what at this stage, Powder, when we need mm. to see that evidence, eh? You know, just just, just a, yeah. a, a comment on that. But look, we have a panel yeah. uh, with us, uh, Powder, and they'll want some, uh, co- uh, some questions or thoughts. Uh, Ruth? Sure. Uh, kia ora, Powder, and... I apologise on behalf of all this bad behaviour. Um, I have a I have a very darling friend, Julia Faipoti. She'll be listening and she'll be very happy that I've given her a shout out. Um, but I don't think I will ever um, forget an example. Julia and I were getting on a plane and flying to a remote part of the South Island and uh, there was a very racist and rude man on that plane who would not leave mm. Julia and I alone. He wanted to know why I was friends with a Māori lady. And wow. uh, yeah, it was the most overt piece of racism I think I have ever witnessed when in this, this country. 
two years ago. Oh. And, um, yeah, she, she handled it so well. But you shouldn't have to handle it. And I was, I was absolutely mortified, absolutely mortified. And I do hear that it is um, intensifying out there. And, and I, yeah, I apologise and I yeah, message it, everyone. It is, it is intensifying for the system to recognise that it is right. and the lack of the inability for the system to utilise its powers. You, you know, like, and, and thank you for your apology. You don't actually hear it very often from Pākehā people, but thank you for your apology. But, you, you know, the thing is, is that um, the system needs to wake up right. and do something about it because our people are getting pretty grumpy themselves. But, you know, when a system, you know, like there's a system that says it takes care of um, this passenger um, the, by the airline can do that. Um, you, you know, but the system, particularly during election time, says, well, that's the way elections are. Well, that's not right. Just because you, it's happened so much in the past does not mean that it needs to continue. The police need to be involved. Um, the system has a wide range of other um, arms to it which can stop this behaviour, but it chooses not to because yeah. it believes that it is uh, normal. Yeah. And we've got to stop making it normal. Simon. Yeah, kia ora, Paul. I think Ruth spoke for all of us in the studio there. Um, you, you mentioned the intensity having developed, and, and that's pretty plain to see. Do, is it your experience that it, the frequency of this hatred, this racism, is is growing as well? Well, one of the things the report talked about is that, you know, the spread of that racism, not just amongst Māori, but, but also you know, xenophobia and a whole, whole bunch of other stuff, it just permeates onto. But we've definitely seen a major rise in tauranga. Um, you know, these painted out signs are, are not an abnormal occurrence in tauranga. They've been happening a bit. Uh, and they've been done by gutless people who do it in the, in the dark of night and won't come out. So what we're really talking about here is a, a, the need for leaders everywhere, uh, for civil society, for, for politi- not just politicians, yep. but obviously politicians, uh, particularly yes. in election campaigns uh, uh, and in all other spheres of life to, to make sure that they recognise, that we all recognise we, we need to say no. And call it out. Mm. Yeah, call it out. I mean, that, that's a key thing to it yeah, because a lot of people are saying that is wrong. They're keeping quiet. You know, a lot of influential people are saying that is wrong, but they're keeping quiet. Now, two things happen when you keep quiet. You know, that, that issue around uh, evil, evil wins when good people do nothing. Uh, that happens. Yeah. The, the second thing is that um, when you're on the receiving end, like our people are, you feel like you're on your own. Mm. And that's that's terrible. It's terrible for them because they should, one they shouldn't be on their own, and two they should be supported. Paura, there's there's something else about this that that I take a lot of heart from. I, it's my view that for all that this has become more intense and uh, become more uh, a, a much bigger problem for us, it's my view also that that this country is full of parents who love that their kids come home from school singing Waiata, mm-hmm. that we yes. we watch the news on TV and, and enjoy that uh, Toreo yes. is used in the news, that we are in, in sports clubs and in cultural work and in, if we work for lots yep. of companies, we know that um, there are serious attacks 
serious ways in which an awful lot of New Zealanders are trying to develop a, mm. uh, uh, a diverse and exciting Well, I was going to say that actually society. part of just echoing. I mean, isn't there a bit of a renaissance? You know, you might see there's quite a resurgence in schools, a couple of haka groups thriving, the, the Māori version of Edmund's cookbook in the top 10 best-selling New Zealand books list recently. Yeah. So that's another side of it. 10,000 te reo teachers been taught recently, and it's still very hard to get into courses to learn the language. All these things are great, you know. Paula? It's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And, it, um, and, and you're right. There are far, far more people who enjoy the renaissance of their country and of our language than there are some of these drongos who run around painting over rubbish bins and the like. But the, the thing is, is that these drongos are the ones that are getting all the traction. And um, these drongos are being supported you know, they're, they're pretty uneducated group of people are doing that. But they're being supported by well-heeled people, and we, we've got to call that out. You, you know, we, we've got to... Um, some, some of these people are being caught in their racist tirades, and they've still kept yeah. their knighthoods. And they said, no, no, that's no longer cool anymore. And, and make sure that um, the results of the actions are really, really clear. All right, Paul. Hey, and, not... Yeah, yeah, really lovely to have you on the program. I pre- appreciate you, your time. Yeah, Kia ora. that's uh, yeah, Paul. The Paul Stanley, the Ngati Rangi CEO. That's quite a example that uh, you that, that that would be quite confronting. I will never forget it, and she was so good. Okay, Uncle, well you can you you're allowed your opinion, but it was it was absolutely horrific. We were going to the west coast of the South Island, um, and. And it's, you know, Julia now has a moko kawai, and um, I am sure it happens yeah. regularly. Yeah. Uh, it's ridiculous. 17 past four, the panel, RNZ National. You are with Simon Wilson and Ruth Money uh, this afternoon. Now, uh, the Port Waikot by-election will be held on Saturday, November 25. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has announced the by-election follows the death of ACT candidate Neil Christensen before the general election. The next parliament could have an extra MP with the voters of Port Waikato deciding who fills the seat. So uh, Chris Hipkins uh, confirmed that date this afternoon. Meanwhile... A piece out in the conversation uh, got our attention looking at leadership in politics. Romantic heroes or one of us? How we judge political leaders is rarely objective or rational. And given the presidential style of modern politics, the intense media focus on party leaders is unavoidable. Offering false hope is not good leadership. It's more like what con artists and charlatans hunger for power do, said our next guest in this piece, uh, and that was Dr. Suze Wilson uh, from the School of Management at Massey University. Dr. Wilson, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Yeah, great. Hi. Interesting Kia piece here. You say that the actual evidence on what constitutes good leadership is quite diverse and it's quite complicated. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a range of different theories out there, but part of what gets in the way for ordinary people trying to make sense of is this good leadership or not is, is firstly, if we've got those kind of tribal affiliations in terms of political parties, that will mean that we tend to, you know, overestimate how good our own side is and underestimate the opposition, just the way, you know, sports sports fans do. Um, we often... Um, our ideas about leadership are often really shaped by early role models or popular culture, but none of that really, you know, uh, necessarily tells us uh, what 
what the evidence would support in terms of good leadership. Hmm. What do you reckon, Ruth? I did read your article in, uh, with great interest, and I was saying to the panel before we started that I am absolutely sick of the false hope. Um, good leadership, absolutely. Um, I, I understand good leadership, and we need a, um, a lighthouse, if you if you will, for the parties. But for me particularly, you know, I'm very passionate about justice. I look at policies um, and I also look at the ministries because I have learnt during um, my job that it is about actually the ministries and their policy advice um, as much as it is the, the political parties. Um, they they rely on those ministries. So, yeah, I think the leadership thing is... Um, is certainly interesting, and I don't find them being a romantic hero myself. False hopes, yes, Simon. <laughs> well, I've been to an awful lot of political meetings during this election campaign, and I'm completely sick of hearing people saying, on the one hand, re-elect us to office and we will solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, the day, is, the day of reckoning is coming and we are going to fix that. We're going to change everything and fix that on October 14. And honestly, I'm quoting literally from what, candidates say. I don't think the leaders say that quite as much, but down the pegging order a bit, that's just the very common sentiment. And it's extraordinary. The thing I don't understand, Suze, is if you were a leader that people were inclined to trust in this country, I reckon you could get up and say, we actually can't solve crime, particularly retail crime, overnight. We have a really serious threat facing us with climate change. Inflation and the economy are difficult things that are always going to be ongoing and, 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 and cause us a great deal of anxiety. We need to be in this together for the long haul. It's downplaying and, your chances. And, and, and well, Do you think that's downplaying the chances? Suze, do you think? No, I mean, I, mean, I would have thought somebody could be, become Prime Minister for life if they managed to make that message ring true. Yeah. Yes, well, I mean, and it's a mature, sensible message, isn't it? <laughs> We're a little bit caught up with, you know, glib, glib analyses about who had the best zinger and who's got the best kind of, I guess my counterf- uh, I don't know, bumper sticker. Sorry, Suze. Uh-huh. I guess my counterfactual to that is, is it the leaders or is it the way that the media cut the content? It's both. I Nothing it, wrong with the media. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, Nothing I'm just wrong with the media. <laughs> I do I, think, I think we in the both. media do do tend to um, very often say that was what that politician did was good there because that will resonate in a in a uh. very retail way um, rather than that's an inherently good policy to have. Suze, uh, I think we do tend to get it a bit wrong. Suze, yeah, I mean the the, the temptation is to to capture the the the, the snappy one liner rather than actually interrogate more carefully what is the policy proposition is it properly costed if somebody independent looks at us that does it stack up Mm. um and you know there is clearly some of that going on and it's really important to try and ensure therefore that voters you know pay heed to that kind of independent evaluation um and don't just kind of get swayed by you know who's who's appealing to if you like you kind of sense of frustration that, that you know life's a bit bloody tough mm-hmm. because of course it of course it is but just telling you that it's tough because those people over there are to blame mm-hmm. that's not good leadership very important to discuss this actually Sue's five days out from an election because there are a lot of undecided voters and there are a lot of people yeah. wondering why uh, you know how to vote which is why we're discussing this now I want to bring something to you because this reminded me of a panel comment last month so 
uh, a couple got in touch with me, a newish relationship, and they had their very first argument and what was otherwise a really good relationship, apparently. And they, they, they argued on, should I vote on the personality or should I vote on the policy? Now, one person said it's the personality because the personality is the, is the lens by which you see the party. The other, said, the other person said, no, it's policy and only that. Hmm. I mean, I, I think there's actually a good case to say that both really do matter. You know, the, the policies that parties put out are, are in effect what they are promising to voters in advance. This is what, this is our agenda, this is what we're going to pursue. And it's important as voters we understand what path they're trying to take the country down. But at the same time, we do also have to understand that there are so many decisions that governments will have to make for things that couldn't have been predicted in the past in, in, um, in advance, where the individual values and strengths um, and, and you know, character strengths and character flaws of those leaders will come into play. Says, I wonder um, and so we do want to have a sense of both. So I, I wonder if there's something else also in terms of speaking for the personality argument that we want to judge if we think that person is trustworthy. We want to judge whether yes. we think they can work with other people, whether they will be good in a crisis. That's that's a particularly important issue, I would have thought, for most people. Now, yes, all of those things that, yeah, that and can't that be captured by policy. Exactly, issues. exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. very nice to have you on, Susan. Kia ora. appreciate it. And it's a really good piece, so I understand there's a part two coming up tomorrow, right? Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Suze Wilson, <laughs> Senior Lecturer in the School of Management, Massey University. What do you think? Do you vote more on policy or more on personality? Meanwhile, just come, coming through, it's not uh, a breaking news, but uh, I want to sort of uh, bring it to the panel here. Guy Williams has asked Chris Luxon if he believes in dinosaurs and does not get an answer. <laughs> Really? Yeah, uh, he's refused to answer a direct question about whether he believes dinosaurs are real. In the trailer post online for the latest episode, uh, Williams was seen approaching Luxon after he received an anonymous tip-off that claimed uh, Air New Zealand had turned down a safety video that contained dinosaurs because the CEO didn't believe they were real. Do you both believe in dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer you. No answer. What do do you or not? Though, do you believe in dinosaurs or not? Yes, but I am also more angry about the fact that we're not playing the ball. We keep playing the man or the woman or the human. Like, can't we just talk about the issues at hand and the policies? There's people that can't feed their families. They don't have houses. There's ram raids. There's sexual violence every damn minute. Like, seriously, can I think- we... Isn't, but isn't there a, a, a deeper issue at stake there that a lot of people are puzzled by Christopher Luxon, who is a supposedly devout Christian, um, who has said he believes that abortion is murder, but also said he doesn't think he'll do anything about that. Mm. Um, so there's a question over him which goes to what is it he believes, what are his values, and how will they uh, affect his political actions? Um, 
And the dinosaur question appears to be a kind of rogue backdoor question uh, that gets at that same issue. If that's what it is, if he wasn't just dismissing it as a joke. Exactly. It could have been. Now, um, I'm part Māori and my niece and nephew go to a private school. I've been thrilled to see how Tao Māori is integrated into their everyday Mm. education. I was with your guest until the mention of Weld Held. Wealthy people are not necessarily the source of all evil in New Zealand, and to categorise people probably doesn't help the cause. So, yeah, on that... um, if any, if any uh, thing is brought up on the panel, we do want to see and we do need to see the evidence because uh, that's <laughs> what it's about here, really, on the panel. Uh, 28 past four, I do want to bring this in because we've had so much response on this. I had this conversation with someone who wanted to know, do I wash past or not? I had a bit of a strong conversation in the kitchen. My flatmate said, what are you doing? I said, I'm washing the pasta after cooking, so it's edible. So washing pasta or cooking after cooking or not. Um, what's wrong with you people? You drizzle olive oil over it. Uh, someone says, definitely never wash pasta. Add extra virgin olive oil to stop the pasta sticking and save pasta water to add a little to the pasta as required. Always boil the pasta in salted water, says Sue. Around the panel. I'm with Sue. I get really upset with wash. You need to say rinse. Okay, rinse. <laughs> I'm scared people are going to pull out their detergent or something and wash it. But you don't do you don't do that because otherwise the sauce and stuff doesn't stick to it. Is Everybody that, is knows that, right? that Wallace. Uh, I think yeah. that's true. I, I, I'm in the camp of yeah, a large pot, the starch. boiling very salty water. Yes. Um, um, put it in a colander or a sieve and pour some a bit of oil on it and. Yeah, uh, no yeah. way. Never wash or rinse the pasta. It removes all the starches that help the yummy sauces stick to the noodles. There you go. Yeah. Um, Wallace, uh, Gianna, Italian citizen, Dunedin, wash your lasagna noodles. Washing removes the starch, which makes it stick. Usually not a problem for short pastas or if you are mixing into a sauce right away, but for da- pasta dishes that need assembling, you don't want them sticking together and tearing. Mm. Maybe there's a few different rules. Uh, the whole lasagna sheet. That's blown yeah. my mind. And and I guess rinsing in hot water because you don't want to rinse in cold and then eat cold pasta, right? Yeah. Unless it's a pasta salad. So many rules. <laughs> so many rules. We'll get to the bottom of it, don't you worry. I don't think we will get to the bottom of it. You know, you, you cook it the way you want it. And if you'd like exactly. it, cook it that way again. Yeah. We'll try to. The panel RNZ National, Simon Wilson and Ruth Money with us this afternoon.